that's much better. All right, so Philip, can you say welcome back to the podcast? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Nailed and it. Can you say this is all good in the brotherhood? All good in the brotherhood. All good in the brotherhood. Nice, bro. What's your name? Philip. 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 Uh, welcome back, everyone. I'm Brother Francisco. And this is Nate Whitaker. And There's a picture of a bus. There's a picture of what? A bus. A bus. Yeah, a there's bus. a picture of a school bus over there, yeah. We, we are joined today by our first special guest, um, our nephew, our two-year-old nephew, Philip. Our brother's in town right now, um, our brother Tom. So this There's is a, a picture of a pig. Yeah, it's a, a picture of, uh, of a pig, yeah. Um, he's very excited to be here. Um, yeah, Phil, how you doing? Down. No, you're gonna. We're gonna. Whoops. We're gonna stay here with Uncle Sam and Uncle Nene just for a couple more minutes. Okay. Just for a second. Um, what is your favorite thing to talk about? What What do you want to talk about today, Philip? Um, hurricanes. Hurricanes? Yeah. Hurricanes. I don't even think you know what hurricanes are. Or did you say toucan? Toucan. Toucan. Okay. Uh, toucan. Okay. From remember what Uncle Sam said hey, not to grab the microphone. Yeah, bro, hey, 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 hey. Chill on the mic. Don't bro. kick it. Okay. Chill. We're gonna. Yeah. We'll just sit here. What do you got in this hand? What's that? Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. You got a Lightning McQueen car. Well, that's super cool. Exciting, well, we're gonna let bro. you go. Okay. Say bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Say thank you. Thank you. Oh, and dude. have a good day. Good day. What an awesome. absolute stud. You killed it. All right. Uh, we'll be, uh, I'll take him up, Nate, and then we'll get back to the episode. All righty. And we're back. We just put Phil back with his parents, so, yeah, we're chilling. We can go back to the, the real podcasting now. Yeah, sweet. Oh, real quick. Um, Anything fun and exciting happened to you today, Nate? Exciting? Maybe. Uh, definitely not that fun. I don't know. I mean, a little bit fun. Uh, I, I got my wisdom teeth out. What so, a fun time, man. Yeah, it, it was uh, not a vibe for part of it. Like, you know, the after effects that I'm still feeling, like, I don't know, my whole mouth hurting and feeling uh, swollen. But the the getting high was the fun part. Like, just, just, <laughs> I was just talking to the doctor. He was a great a great talker. So we were just kind of talking. Next thing I know, I'm, like, waking up. Like, he just, just kind of eased me into the unconsciousness. And, and then I woke up, like, just kind of just kind of vibing, straight tripping. So I really enjoyed that, um, but really once the, once I became aware of how my mouth felt, that's when it started feeling weird. Cause I had to put all this gauze in there because like obviously your mouth's bleeding. I had all four wisdom teeth removed, so my mouth's bleeding. So there's all this gauze in my mouth, so it's like impossible to talk, and I talk way too much. So that's a, a real, <laughs> uh, real trial. So, but you know, it's whatever, it's whatever, and just still uh, got the gauze out in time to record this. So that's there you go. Hey, now you're chilling like a villain, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, look at you using the slang. All right. Hey, you know, well, I'm a, I've been around you for like two weeks straight at this true, point. It's so true. It's, you're starting to rub off on me and in, yeah. in maybe not necessarily always good ways, but you're at least rubbing off on That's me. That's good. So. I'm glad to hear that. I'm an influencer on you. It's just yeah. using, using the word gnarly more. If you, if you come out of this using gnarly more than you did before we hung out, then that's a win. You know? I, I actually do use the word gnarly pretty do you, often. Do you? When I uh, just look at it in my finger. I, whenever um, I describe it to people, I was like, it was pretty gnarly. Pretty gnarly. Not well, that's lie. like literally gnarly. Like your, your that's finger true. was in half, basically. Yeah. But, so, but we should probably get to the subject. Yes. So in uh, today's episode, we thought we'd talk about uh, the relationship between work and leisure. 
leisurely activity. Um, particularly, what does it mean to have both in our life? Is there right. one that we should have more than the other? Or obviously, our society is a very work-driven, you know, uh, group-driven society, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, there is an idea of like, oh, like you need me time or like self-care. Like that is talked about. But I don't really know if that's leisure yeah. Um, or if everything that we talk about is like entertainment or like to relax mm -hmm. is actually leisure. Because I think people hear the word leisure and they think lazy. Yeah, uh, and sitting around on, on your phone. Not what we want to talk about. Absolutely so not. what is the relationship between work and leisure? And is leisure just like chilling, vibing? Um, and is work, does work always have to be like super hardcore and intense? So um, just jumping in right away. Um, I think just talking about what's good and why do we need both in our life just to start. So why, why do we need to work? Because there's people who don't work. Yeah. So wh why do we need work? Yeah, it's funny you said that. Actually, I was just thinking even as you're saying we have a very work-driven culture. We it seems like our culture is very extremist where there's total workaholics and that's very present. But then on the other extreme, there's just like you just acknowledged lots of people who just don't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to live in their parents' basement. Um. And, and so we, we, but we do need work, um, for just basic functionality in our lives. Like you need work to survive. You need work to be able to pay your bills. You need work to be able to provide for your family. If you have one, you need work to be able to just get groceries so you don't starve to death, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's I feel like work is really a, just largely a practical thing. It's, it's just for the purpose of making sure you can, uh, you know, survive and, and do what you need to do. But I mean, it also helps the greater community. It's not practical just for yourself. It's not purely individual, but you, you can kind of contribute to the common good of your company or, or your, your, uh, local community by working. So I think in practical terms, that's why. We have I, okay. So I'm going to play the devil's advocate here for a second. Um, okay, so I feel like someone might counter that with saying like, well, we only need work because society has created the need for work. Hmm. So you have to pay your bills because the government tells you you have to pay them or you have to work in order to, uh, you know, earn a living to provide for yourself because we don't share things in common or the government doesn't give us stuff. And like you said, if you have a family to provide for them, well, there are some people who do have families and they don't work and people still provide for them. Right. Um, the system has kind of created through welfare, which in in some places is certainly needed. Um, but in other places has certainly been taken advantage of um, yeah. I think a system where people don't have to work and they're still completely taken care of. It's socialism. So, yeah. Um, so from a socialistic standpoint, I work might not always seem necessary. Mm -hmm. So while I agree with you from a practical standpoint, that is part of work. I think we need to also show that there's more to work than just the fact that it is practically mm -hmm. necessary for taking care of our needs, but that it also, I think where you brought up the fact that it helps a community is really important. Right. We don't just, at least we shouldn't just work for ourselves, but we're Not working true. for a common good or mm -hmm. for the benefit of someone else. Mm -hmm. So even people who seem to be working in somewhat really, I don't know, materialistic jobs, like people who work in Amazon or Disney or those things that are about consuming and entertainment, I mean, ultimately, their goal is to provide some level trying of... Trying to provide value for the yeah, larger for, community. Some kind of happiness, even if it's not true happiness or it's very fleeting. Yeah. Like entertainment in Disney or, you know, whatever um, company it is, 
they're trying to provide something that people enjoy. Right. Or Amazon, they're trying to provide products for people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So if people are only going to work for those companies because they're earning a living, that seems to be missing out on a lot of the purpose of the job. Mm-hmm. So I think other people benefiting... Oh, I think th- people definitely do. Oh, 100%. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That if you're just working at a job because it's earning a living. Um, I think that's survival as opposed to some kind of thrive, Mm -hmm. um, thriving. So I think, like you said, benefiting the community or the common good and the greater benefit I think there is to the common good, maybe the better the job is. Um, So that's why, like for the long time, the church has said that, you know, um, being in the workforce, being in the world is really good, but uh, being a religious uh, on a certain level is a higher order of good right. because how you're contributing to the common good is their spiritual good, which is far more important than our material and physical good. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think, and even in, in the practical secular side of things, um, you do see kind of a, a corresponding reward that goes with how worthwhile the job is in contributing to the whole community. Um, whereas so, so that basically the, the urgency for survival and the desire to thrive as a whole community as a common good really kind of can go hand in hand because for, for example i'm thinking uh doctoring being a doctor and yeah. the art of medicine is something that really uh helps the community in a big way and that's why if you uh, you know become a doctor you're likely to make some some hmm. uh, some good paychecks you know yeah because providing uh, more benefit to more people right the more you're able to contribute to the whole community the more the community then in turn rewards you for uh, in, on the survival side of things and by taking care of your needs very kind of lavishly. The, the unfortunate thing is that's not across the board because yeah. you see, um, at least on a fundamental level, it seems like entertainment and uh, the sports industry is not essential. It, it doesn't contribute to the community in the same way yeah, uh, some true. essential thing does, like, like first responders or doctors. But they get paid exorbitant amounts of money. Now, now they do contribute to a ton of people on an entertainment level, but... Like that—that that doesn't quite seem to be contributing to the community in the same way. Um, yeah, a first responder or a firefighter does, who makes much less than an average MLB player. That's true. But if you think about it, like the morale of a country or the morale of a society is important, and sports does contribute in some way to a general mo- morale—not morality, yeah. morale. Mm-hmm. Um, like, unfortunately, people sometimes tie up too much of their happiness and well-being oh, into sure. the result of sports, which, as we talked about sports before, is just not a healthy relationship to have with them. But I think what you're saying is true, that uh, as far as, like, doctors and those who are caregivers, that in some ways, like, because they contribute so much to other people, like, they are they earn a level of respect right. and wealth corresponding to what they're contributing. Right. Um, so providing for others, uh, contributing to society. But I think... Work is also me- like true work is also meant, and we were mentioned a little bit of this, but I want to go mm-hmm. back to the point about just our own personal purpose. Right. Um, if we really don't feel like we're contributing to society, even if we're working, it's gonna feel pretty empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- remember uh, reading an article, um, or I don't know, actually, no, I didn't read it. I heard about it in a homily recently with one of our monks, but he was talking about. Um, the th- a poll of Gen Z people. You actually talked about a poll of like Gen Z being like the most like expressing the most mental illness in any generation. Right. But this was another one saying like, what are the two questions you feel most unanswered? Hmm. And it's why like what is my purpose in life? And I don't feel like I have a purpose. And then why am I alone? Right. Um. And 
I feel like it's because there's kind of this strong, strong push for like, you know, our generation or like the millennials, whatever to like, you know, go find a job, go find a job, find your passion. Exactly. But when they just get pushed into something, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, you're like, this is going to give you purpose. And then if it doesn't, the whole system, like the whole, like, I don't know, the whole agenda falls apart. So if what you're told is supposed to give you purpose doesn't, then you have no meaning anymore. Mm -hmm. But a good job, one that like you really find is like doing more than just paying the bills and more than just something to do. If it gives you purpose, it's going to be, it's very good for you. It is. Um, and, and it's good for your mental health. Exactly. And, and not just a good job, but how you do a job. Um, because like, so yeah, not just what the job is, but how you do it. Because I think um, really a lot of people feel a lack of purpose um, because they're not putting effort into their lives. Like, it seems like a dangerous cycle when you're in that kind of empty state that you described where you feel unmotivated maybe to do things. Often it feels painful and impossible, but often the best way to get out of that is to simply start doing something. Yeah. So yeah. when you don't have a sense of purpose and you maybe don't feel like passionate about any particular work or any field of, of labor or putting an effort anywhere, sometimes the best thing to do is just start working mm-hmm. and you work diligently and that will bring you its own uh, kind of psychological rewards as they say virtue is its own reward yeah that's why i i do really like it's kind of overused at this point but um nike's uh motto like just do it mm. like sometimes we we feel purposeless and we want to just uh experience a sudden surge of emotional purpose that drives us towards doing this or that work yeah but often i think in practically speaking we can't wait around for that because that's just a feeling that may never come mm, instead we just have point. to start working and if you work hard you will gain a sense of purpose while doing it it sort of naturally comes along with the work you know yeah that's good if if something doesn't have purpose it's not a reason immediately to abandon it it's a reason to work harder to put purpose into it exactly and you'll get purpose out of it and i like what you said about virtue uh i feel like like work itself especially work that might be difficult or monotonous but if we keep it up is going to teach us virtue Mm -hmm. so diligence like you said discipline perseverance and if we go into work that might be daunting or we're not comfortable with, it teaches us uh, perseverance, mm-hmm. uh, which I already said, but in courage yeah. uh, and fortitude. Um, and and work can also teach us uh, patience mm-hmm. uh, with ourselves as we try to learn something new or patience with people who we're working with. Oh, yeah. So work has certainly a lot of advantages. Um, and I think there's some there's certainly a lot of disadvantage, which we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes. So why do we need leisure then kind of it's not people i feel like we like put them as stark contrasts to each Mm -hmm. other like you have work or you have leisure um i feel like it's they actually should be so much polarity between the two but Mm -hmm. leisure um kind of a little bit of what it is and, and, and why do we need it i think leisure is necessary and i do mean necessary it's not just optional it's really necessary for a healthy life so that you can go above and beyond just kind of preserving yourself in the way that work um, helps you do mm-hmm. and go on to really advancing yourself in um, as a well-rounded person. Yeah, exactly. For example, and, and again, that's, that's why it's important to point out that uh, leisure is itself um, something that will help you as a person. It should, it should never be something that just causes you um, to be stagnant or causes you just to do nothing. As you pointed out at the beginning of the episode, I think when people hear the word leisure, they may think of just sitting around, being sort of lazy, being couch potatoes, watching uh, this or that, just binging this or that Netflix show. But that's not really leisure. 
Um, you need a little bit of that too. Just kind of every now and then, everybody just needs to veg. It's it's, it's okay. Yeah. But ideally, leisure is not meant to just be this kind of consumerist. A vegging out state. We, yeah. We're not supposed to be vegetables uh, when we're not working. Instead, leisure should be, in its own way, um, productive of something beautiful. So, uh, whether that's art, maybe you are interested in art, and so when you're not working, you decide, you know what, I'm gonna like yeah. actually yeah. get out the old like the, the paintbrushes and get back into art a little bit. Or music, maybe you want to learn a, a musical um, instrument, how to how to play it. Or even sports, something like that, where yeah. you're you're exercising, you're building up your body, you're getting better. This or that sport, like those are the the kind of um, activities in which we should invest our leisure time. So it shouldn't just be sitting around. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely, you're right. And um, I remember, so there's a book. Uh, if you have not heard of the author uh, Joseph Pieper, uh, he's a much more contemporary uh, philosopher, philosophical and theological thinker. Uh, he wrote a book called Leisure as the Basis of Culture, which I want to go a little bit into how leisure and culture related in a yeah. minute. But he says that leisure is an activity whose like direct purpose is not necessarily obvious. Hmm. So work, we have a very utilitarian mindset of work. You do X so that Y is produced, mm-hmm. right? Which is good. We need, you know, we plant crops in order to have food. Right. It's a very X, Y uh, relationship whereas leisure like doing art well that doesn't necessarily have an immediate productive impact right. like it's good for you but if no one sees your art no one else stands to gain from it so right. is it really are you wasting your time mm-hmm. learning that trait or le- learning that skill yeah. um or us doing the podcast if this if i considered podcasting work i wouldn't do it right um because i'm like oh i have to get this done i have to do that exactly. done we do it because it's a time for it's us to, to hang do. out yeah and we get to experience uh or you get to experience our conversations with each other mm-hmm. it's a leisurely activity we're still doing something though and we're still actually right. thinking about deep high things mm-hmm. and that leisure is not like you said being lazy or being a vegetable, um, or only talking about super lame things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's engaging with the transcendentals, actually, which we supposedly could do, I suppose, through work in some sense. But this is giving a special time to truly seep yourself in something beautiful, Mm -hmm. something true, something good. So reading a good book, um, you're still actively engaging your mind. Mm -hmm. But if someone came up to you and said, oh, what'd you do today? Like, I read a book. Well, someone would be like, well, that, you didn't, do anything yeah, like what, you know, what did you produce what exactly what money did you what's gain the utilitarian of gain right. of you reading a book but the well, gain is truth right it's exactly. a transcendental you're developing yourself with respect to some transcendental that's what all of them should be you know you 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 act, like get into some art with your leisure time so that you can get in touch with beauty mm-hmm. you read some new book or, or or maybe some magazine so that you can get t- in touch with truth um or you spend time with friends. Even developing friendships yeah, is a absolutely. very good usage, a necessary usage of leisure, um, for the sake of building that transcendental of unity with with people around you. Yeah, yeah. So it for seems sure. like you're absolutely right that the the real value comes in when we use our free time for the sake of not just sitting around, but rather for improving ourselves in some area of the transcendentals. And so to go back to the point where I said about leisure being the basis of culture, that is why it's really important to have leisure because like we said, the connection with the transcendentals. A culture is not created by just a bunch of people going to work. A culture is created by what the society produces Mm -hmm. when it wants to 
show other people what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. Right. So when we think about, um, you know, uh, we were just in Rome, right, right exactly. a couple of weeks ago. So if the Roman culture was only about, well, the Romans as uh, road builders and the Romans as those who built these great things. Like, right. that's nice. But if the focus was just on the work. And the utility. It, it doesn't, like, they built these things because it made, their ro- they made them faster to travel across country. Like, that's cool. But that doesn't, that's not a culture. It was instead, what do we go to experience ancient Roman culture? Right. We look at the Pantheon. We right. go to see all of the. Mosaics. Exactly. And, the right. statues, all those things. The art that reflects the culture. People. Maybe at some point they were commissioned, so it was sort of work, mm-hmm. but it was based off of their own experience of the Transcendentals. Right. Or um, Livy and uh, Ovid, right? They or were Virgil, right? Yeah. Um, people who were Roman poets, like their works continue because they are an encountering with the Transcendentals, encountering with Through beauty. leisure, right. Exactly. seems to distinguish, say, Rome from a beehive is leisure. Yeah. A beehive... It's just a bunch of things buzzing around, and yes, they're productive. They're very productive, especially for their size. Like, you know, they go to that pollen, they grab it, they take it to their beehive, they make honey, and they're very orderly and systematic about that, and they, they never miss a beat. But they don't have a culture. Yeah. You, you don't have any culture, any basis of culture, without there being leisure. And the, it, leisure is really... Part of what's beautiful about it is it, it's an exercise of our reason. Mm-hmm. It takes mm, yeah. rationality to be able to say, okay, well, I'm not currently doing something right now, so I'm going to... Like not just sit here and lay around like a like like an animal would if they're not currently eating or hunting. Yeah, but instead true. I'm going to actually go get in touch with the transcendentals, and that's how you make something beautiful and lasting that goes beyond you. Um, yeah, we still want to do something if right. we're not working, but what we're doing is very different. It feeds mm. us as opposed to just like or nourishes us as opposed to just like satisfying us. Right. Um, and the problem with uh, there being like a super utilitarian mindset in Western culture um, is that there's kind of a push against leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I was talking to a friend of mine, John Paul, um, a couple of weeks. Absolute actually, stud. Yeah, he's such a goat. Uh, John Paul, this is a shout out to you. You're, you're, you're a G. Um, actually, this is a couple of months ago. But he was talking about how his his work is like really pushing on him like out of work hour activities. Mm-hmm. So like go like this is like the night that we go to the bar together. We go to this conference for like uh, work family building. They're trying to like Im- put in like leisurely level quality right. into still a work environment. So you don't have to leave work to have your family. You can right. find it here or you don't have to leave work to have mm. quote unquote friends. Right. So they're trying to create this leisure, yeah. but still in the, the idea of work, almost as if like you, you shouldn't escape work. You should always right. be in this work mindset. And still for the end goal of just making your workers more productive exactly, and more um, effective in a utilitarian way. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if we kind of eliminate an out, a need for leisure outside of work, we can just hold people in work more. Right. And the problem with that is if we're so focused on a productive-based society, we are breaking down that which builds our culture. Right. So Absolutely. we just become a, major a pluralistic, non-identical uh, like you has lacking identity, mm-hmm. um, society. Right. Um, Where so the only transcendental is the next dollar you're about to make instead oh, of instead rough. of beauty or goodness or truth. The only thing you chase after or pursue is okay, what's the next uh, promotion I can get? And and but so no, absolutely that's a problem and it's increasingly a problem where you have these situations where 
it seems like sometimes employers are trying to kind of override the people's individual lives and replace mm-hmm. well-roundedness with uh, just being more productive. But on a practical level, you do need work for leisure. They, for sure. they, they can't go without each other because just practically speaking, this is from a kind of a probably get this idea on a basic level from this one philosopher I got to read this last semester named Spinoza, who he, he pointed out um, that you didn't have philosophy or art anywhere in the world until people um, moved in together in a community and stopped having to worry about just survival. He said, you know, when you had barbaric, sorry, barbaric <laughs> Neanderthalic yeah. man running around just trying to survive to the next day and trying to not get eaten by some wild animal, he couldn't have leisure, he couldn't philosophize, he couldn't get in touch with the transcendentals. It was only when they came together in community and started being able to worry less about just survival um, that they were able to then get in touch with the transcendentals. And I think in, in a maybe slightly less dramatic way, but still in a true way, that carries over to nowadays where it's really only after we've satisfied the needs for um, for getting survival, the, the, the survival checkbox or the survival box checked off yeah. that we can then turn to higher things that we get through truth, goodness, and beauty. You can't go around just simply being kind of a bum who doesn't do any work, but it's like, well, I just want to be in touch with art. Like, yeah, that's, that's great, true. but it's not sustainable. You can't support a life uh, in touch with the transcendentals if you're not also surviving on a, on a basic physical level. So work gives a space for us to have leisure. So if right. we didn't have work, like we could only be leisurely for a certain period of time before we like die. Exactly. Um, whereas work allows us to be sustained, but then we have to take advantage of the leisure it cre- opportunities it creates for us because then by encountering the transcendentals, beauty, encountering other people, mm-hmm. unity and community, that gives us like a deeper sense of our own personal meaning and identity. Right. And when, when we're grounded in the transcendentals, I feel like it gives just our work itself more purpose. Mm-hmm. So if I know like, okay, yeah, going to work today is like not going to be great, but after it's done, there's something I have to look forward to. So like, you know what? Like, yeah, if if all I did was going to work and I came back and there was nothing, like that would just suck. Mm-hmm. But if it was like, yeah, I know I'm going to come home and I'm going to spend time with my family, right. or I know I'm going to go home and I have this really awesome book, I just can't wait to finish. Right. Um, it's going to it's going to like I said, the difference between just like feeding and nourishing. If you're like, if work stands as only the thing that we do right. uh then it's just okay just repeat repeat but it's like work is is it's if it's a part of a means right. to an end mm-hmm. that's good if work is the it only end us. then that's the problem if leisure was the only end too right that would be a problem right um and leisure doesn't just even i totally agree with your point but what's what's wonderful is that leisure doesn't just um motivate us to get our work done or get it done more efficiently it actually, I think, has the power to change how we look at work itself. Because mm, you sure. know, you get a you get a hard work done, a, a hard work day done, and you know you're satisfied, and you know the money for that day has been earned, and you're you're satisfied. Now you have a little bit of time in the evening to, you know, open your mind to some of the transcendentals in some way, and reflect on things like goodness or beauty. But once you've done that, and using that leisure, optimizing it for the sake of getting in touch with goodness, mm-hmm. then that gives you uh, kind of a, a new perspective so that you can apply those ideas back to your work and think, you know what, there's something good about getting my work done diligently. Yeah. And there's something beautiful about uh, doing a, a job well done. Um, so it's like they're harmonious and they go, they're, they're complementary. They're not opposed the way a lot of people see them. Um, partly, I think, because a lot of people hear the word leisure and think being lazy. a lazy couch yeah. potato. So in a way, yeah, that is obviously opposed to, to 
real diligent work, but true leisure and true work absolutely go hand in hand, and you can't have one without the other. Yeah, and I, I also like how, uh, like, if we take what we experience in leisure into our work, it's not only, like, making our work more meaningful and more enjoyable, but we can actually also witness the transcendentals to the people that we work with. Yeah. So we often, like, if we come back, we're hanging out with our friends, like, we have this kind of group mentality or this group philosophy that we want to experience each mm-hmm. other. But sometimes the people we work with, we don't necessarily always want to be around. Sure. But if we have a good, like, grounding in some kind of goodness or something beautiful that we experience that we want to share with other people right. because the transcendentals fundamentally are things that we want to share. Yeah. If we take that into work, it's like, hey, like, how are you doing today? And I'm not just asking that because it's the thing we ask each other when I sit down in my cubicle next to you. Right. It's because I want to share with you something good. You have something you can actually have a conversation about. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just like, oh, what'd you do last night? Like, well, I actually uh, met up with a friend who I hadn't seen in a long time. Or I listened to this crazy new symphony that I had never heard before called The Planets or something like that. And yeah, just inviting people to see that there's more to life than work. And in leisure, going, showing people that there's there's more to life than just, you know, sitting around uh, like... In, even though it's good, we have to do something more too. Right. So that, that harmony, that balance uh, is what we need. Right. So. It's a, they do just go, when, when performed in a balanced way, they absolutely complement each other. Work provides the space for leisure, and leisure motivates and kind of inspires greater work. Yeah, and just like I just was thinking about this in the last second, like wrapping things up. Oh, work is really good at like disciplining the body and the virtues of the body, mm-hmm. and leisure is really good at disciplining the mind and the virtues of the mind. Absolutely. So since we're a, a, a human composite is both a mind, you know, a spirit and a body, we right. need something that takes care of their both well-being. Mm-hmm. And so having a good balance of work and leisure does that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really glad. I loved all the points you just made at the end there. Actually, about especially that idea of. We are mind and body. We can't neglect either. And so we need to be practical, but we also need to sometimes rise out of just the mere practicality yeah. and embrace the truth and goodness and beauty of the world. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening, as always. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, yeah, be sure to check in for the next one. Yeah, uh, yeah. great. Have a wonderful day, and God bless. All right, peace out.